Brother Brown, why don't we clap our hands to the Lord today and give him some praise. God, I praise you. Amen. Amen. It is good to be in the house of the Lord and to feel his presence today. Uh, on a Sunday after, well, afternoon now, there is no place I would rather be on the planet than in the presence of the Lord. Amen. 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 Good to be in the house of the Lord to feel his presence today. I want to say thank you to your pastor for the invitation to be here today. Uh, over just a few times that I have been with him, uh, I just want to say you have a, you have a superb character pastor a man with character he's a character too but he is a man with character <laughs> amen amen good to be in the house of the lord i want to read this morning i want to read from second kings chapter four. Second kings chapter four and starting with verse number nine. Second kings chapter number four starting with verse Number nine, a very familiar portion of Scripture to many. Second Kings chapter four, starting with verse number nine. If you have it, say Amen. Second Kings chapter four, verse number nine. Here we find what the Bible refers to as the Shunammite woman, uh, a woman that had great faith, and she said to her husband. Behold, now I perceive, I don't know why it is, but it's always the wife's idea. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Look at your neighbor and say continually. Let us make him a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for them here a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick, and it shall be when he comes by us. I'm just going to translate the King James here. When he comes by, he shall turn in here. Verse number 11 says, And it fell on a day that he came in, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. He rested there. Skip down with me to verse number 18. Now, in between these two portions of Scripture, because of the woman's faithfulness and because she has made a room for the man of God, the man of God now turns back and says, you know, you've done something for me. Let me do something for you. And he says, this time next year you will have a child. And the scripture says the very next verse, the woman conceived and bare a son. She had the child. But the time came, the, the, the day came that the child died in verse number 18. And when the child was grown, it fell on a day that this child, this promise went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said unto his father, My head, my head. And he said to a lad, Carry him to his mother. And when he had taken this promise and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed. In spite of the terrible situation, in spite of the unfortunate incident in her life, she knew exactly where she needed to go. When all hell breaks loose in our lives... You know exactly where you need to go. And I, I don't need to turn on the radio. I don't need to exhaust any other resource. I know exactly where I need to go. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. That, that, that boggles my mind. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door, and went out. I was... I was 
walking the other day with my daughter and my wife. We were in a mall, some mall somewhere, and uh, it was one of those multi-level ones. And my wife had gone to a different level, and uh, literally, and so she was at this different level of shopping. And uh, I, I, I had recently lost some weight, and so now I can go into Calvin Klein and buy more than just you know cologne. And so I was looking, <laughs> I was looking for a particular a particular store that I like, and. Um, as I was looking on the directory there, I noticed I had spotted it. And so I was walking around, and as I walked around, I had my daughter with me. And I noticed as I walked up to this store that I saw that it was boarded up on the outside. And I thought that perhaps it was closed and, you know, it looked like it was on a remodel of some kind. And so I began to grab my daughter's hand and walk away. And as I walked away, I noticed a sign on the side that said, Open During Construction. This store recognized the fact that there are people walking up and down the mall here that, walk by continually, and they might see the outside, and they might think that we're closed, but we don't want a potential customer to pass us by, and so we're going to put a sign up on the outside that says, don't pass us by, we're still open during construction. And so I want to preach this afternoon from this subject, if you will help me. I want to preach this afternoon, open during construction. Open during construction construction. Lay your Bibles down and let's pray one more time and let's ask God to talk to us in this house this afternoon. God, we thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost that we feel, for the anointing that we feel in this place. And God, I pray, Lord, that your word and your spirit would minister together today. God, I pray that you would touch us, anoint every ear to hear, anoint every heart to receive and understand. I thank you for the Holy Ghost, for the worship that's already gone forward, and I thank you for the presence of God that is long here. God, I pray in Jesus' name, talk to us right now. One more time, let's give him some praise, and let's give him some glory in this house. God, I praise you, Jesus. I magnify you, Lord. I glorify you. Oh, I think it would be good just to give him some praise today. I I think it would be good just to give him some worship, as we've already done so far. God, I praise you, Jesus. I magnify you, Lord. I glorify you, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated today. Open during construction. I, I remember traveling around. I remember pulling my trailer and traveling, traveling around driving. I recall seeing gas stations several years ago. There was a EPA policy that required in California all gas stations to rip up their old tanks and to replace them with new uh, approved tanks. And, and I recall driving around and seeing, uh, I recall seeing fences around property and big earth-moving equipment inside of these fences. And, and I recall many businesses having to go through a tremendous radical remodel in their place of business. I, I remember seeing big earth-moving requi- equipment digging up tanks and, and the construction going on and dust everywhere. And, and it seemed as though everything was chaotic. But I also recall certain businesses and certain gas stations, they would put up a sign on the outside of their fence that would say open during construction because these businesses recognize that we see the fact that there are potential customers that are outside on the roadway and we don't want anybody to pass us by because on the outside it might appear that everything is in chaos on the outside it might appear that everything is not going as it 
should be. On the outside, it might look like that our business is under construction. But we don't want anybody to pass us by. And so we're going to put up a sign that says, we are still open during construction. I want to talk to somebody today about a sign you need to put up in your life. I want to talk to somebody in this house that feels like God. It feels like my family is in chaos. God, it feels like everything on the outside, it seems like nothing is going right and everything is going wrong. God, it feels like you're a million miles away from me. God, it seems like my family doesn't want to live for God. God, it seems like on my job, it seems like I'm not getting where I want to get. God, it seems like everything is breaking loose in my life. And God, I don't understand what is happening. I want to tell somebody in this building this afternoon, you cannot fold, you cannot quit, you cannot walk away, but there's got to be something rise up inside of you that says, God, in the middle of this time in my life where it feels like I'm under construction, in this time in my life where it feels like there's tremendous upheaval in my life, in this moment of time where it feels like nothing's going right and everything's going wrong, God, I've not forgotten your word. I've not forgotten your your spirit. I've not forgotten your presence. And God, I just want the world to know I am still open to enduring construction. I'm still open to your word. I'm still open to your spirit. I'm still open for revival. I have not closed. Sad to say, many businesses during this time period could not afford to stay open, and they had to close during construction. I'm talking to somebody in this house that feels like throwing in the towel. I'm talking to somebody in this house this afternoon that feels like giving up. I want to talk to somebody in this house today whose life is not perfect. I want to talk to somebody in this house today who feels like something is going wrong, and I can't quite put my finger on it. I don't want to talk to perfect people today. I want to talk to somebody that says, God, I got stuff in my life and I don't know how it's going to work out. I came to bring a word of faith to somebody in this house. You want to rise up against the enemy that is trying to close you down, that is trying to go, you, make you go into spiritual bankruptcy, that's trying to make you quit and walk away from God and walk away from a new life in God. You got to rise up against the enemy and say, you're not going to destroy me. You're not going to kill me. I will not fold. I will not quit. I will not backslide. I will not walk away from God during this time in my life. I am still open. I wonder, is there somebody here that would say, God, I'm still open. I'm still open for revival. I'm still open for your touch. Pardon our mess. We're remodeling. Please excuse the dust. Open during construction. Similar signs go up during this time in our life. Still open during this transformation. You're going to have to excuse the mess. You're going to have to excuse the dust. I don't get perfect before I come into the house of God. When I come into the house of God and I'm filled with the Spirit, then I can strive for perfection. I don't get clean to take a shower. I take a shower to get clean. 
I don't come into this house uh, expecting to be perfect. Uh, but when I leave this house, uh, I expect to be on a road uh, that's going to lead me to perfection. Uh, when I see him in the clouds of glory, then I'll achieve perfection. But during that time in my life, uh, during this process of construction in my life, uh, I am not going to quit. I'm not going to back down. I'm still open. Somebody you need to declare to the enemy of your soul today. Somebody you need to declare to the world and say, you think you're going to destroy me. You think you're going to kill my faith. You think you're going to put me under, but you're not going to, because I'm still going to reach out for God. In the middle of all of this hell that's in my life, I'm still going to pray. I'm still going to fast. In the middle of my life where I feel like I cannot touch God, I cannot reach God, I'm still going to reach for Him. Brother Ventura, you don't know what's going on in my life. It seems like my life is in chaos. We have this saying that God doesn't bless mess. God won't bless your mess, but God will excuse your mess. You're going to have to pardon my dust. I know I may not look like much now, but I'm under construction. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, thou art with me. Notice he begins that chapter with saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. He leads me beside the still waters. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He, 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 he. He's talking about God to somebody else. But the moment, Pastor, that he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thy rod and thy staff, he said, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Because until the moment he started going through chaos in his life, until the moment he started going through the dark valley, until the moment he started going through a process of construction in his life. Uh, he talked about God. But once he got to the valley, once he got to the construction, once he got to the chaos in his life, uh, once he had to start walking through a little bit of hell in his life, uh, then he stopped talking about God. Uh, and he started talking to God. Uh, somebody in this house, uh, the reason you may be facing your chaos, uh, the reason you may be facing a time of construction in your life uh, is not so that God can punish you. It's not so that God can cause you to quit and so that God can say I want to hear your voice I want to hear you I want to talk to you I want to hear your voice and I want you to hear me talk back to you I want to tell somebody in the middle of this time in your life don't quit don't backslide don't walk away from God don't say I might as well forget about even coming to that altar this morning God I'm still open I want to talk to you I want to speak to you I am still open I don't know why it is, but they say that when you're in the dark, they say that all of your senses begin to change. When you cannot see, your ears begin to make up for the lack of sight. When I'm in a valley and I cannot see what is happening, when I'm in a time of chaos, a time of construction, a time where it feels like his hand is over me, and the valley of the shadow of death is nothing more than the shadow of his hand over your life. Because even when I'm in the valley, the devil isn't in control. God is still in control. 
And it seems like when I'm in the time that I cannot understand and I cannot fathom it with my natural mind, I cannot see God's hand with my natural eyes. It's at that moment that my hearing, my spiritual hearing, begins to take over. And it's my spiritual hearing. And I don't know why it is, but it's in the moment where you're facing your darkest valley that you can hear the enemy the best. If this was really, if you were really living for God, you wouldn't be having this problem. If you were really doing right, you wouldn't be having this difficulty. If you really were living for God right, like you say you are, you wouldn't have this difficulty in your life. Somebody in this house today, because just as easy as you can greater hear the voice of the enemy, you need to cut off the voice of the enemy, because it's in the darkness, it's in the valley, that not only can I hear his voice, but I can also hear his voice. And if I can cut off his voice, and if I can listen to him, God will say, just a few minutes longer, just a little bit longer, just a little while longer, I'm about ready to bring you out of I know it may not look like much now, I know it may not look like a mess now, I'm I know it might look like everything's going wrong now, but look out. You're marked for a miracle. You are marked to come out of this on the other side. Oh, I trust God that when I come out of this trial, Job said, I shall come out on the other side as pure gold. Why? Because Job said, in the middle of my hell, I'm still open. I'm still open. Somebody said, Brother Mitchell, you don't know my life. My life is a chaos. I cannot even come to that altar this morning. My life might be in chaos, but you're going to have to excuse the mess. Because when I bring my mess to the master, he's going to change my mess and turn it into a miracle. You're going to have to excuse, the Bible says, there was a woman who had a mess in her life. A woman whose life was in chaos. But she said, I heard that Jesus is in that house. And because I heard that Jesus is in the house, everybody else that's in that house that wants to keep me out of that house is going to have to excuse the mess in my life. Excuse me, there was a man named Simon who, who, who began to say, uh, when, when this woman began to come into the house and come before Jesus, uh, Simon said, well, if the master here knew who it was that was coming before him, he would not let her come before him. But I have a feeling the woman said, excuse my mess, Simon. I've got to bring my mess to the master. And if I can bring my mess to the master, I can hear the words of Jesus say, I know you've sinned. I know you messed up. But go out of this house and go and sin no more. If you can bring your mess, you've got to say, God, I know you're not going to bless my mess. But if I can bring my mess to the altar today, if I can come to you and say, God, excuse my mess, excuse the dust, pardon everything else, touch me, I'm still open. I know I'm a sinner. I know I cannot touch you. I know I cannot reach you. I know everything else seems like it's going wrong, but I'm going to bring it to you. And if I can bring it to you, I can hear your voice. I can hear your word. I'm still open. 
Today somebody is in a trial that I cannot even fathom. Somebody today is in a dark valley that I cannot even fathom in my natural mind. But somebody in this house, you've got to say, it's not going to stop me. It is not going to stop me. I am still open. Because if I close down, I might miss my miracle. If I close down, I might miss my healing. If I close down, I might miss my new life. If I close down, I might miss a new walk with God. If I close down, I might miss everything. Still open. Life is in chaos, but I am still open during construction. Husband, I I perceive that this is a man of God that passes by us continually. One place in the New Testament, the Bible says that Jesus was in the house. I talked too fast there. Jesus was in the house. And because Jesus was in the house, the scripture said in the New Testament, and the power of God was present to heal them. If I ever, if I ever do my own version of the Bible, right there in parentheses, I'm going to put the power of God is always present in the house. But the scripture said the power of God was present to heal them. And the woman said, I perceive that this is a man of God that passes by us continually. Every day, every day, every day, he passes by us. Every day, he passes by us. Every day, I see him walk by. Every time he's going to heal somebody else, I see him walk by. Every time he's going by to touch somebody else's life, I see him walk by. How many of you came to this house saying, you know what, Pentecostal, or or, you know what, Life Church, uh, Apostolic, whatever. I've heard about you. I've heard there's miracles in your house. I've heard there's healing in your house. I've heard there's there's anointing in your house. I've heard there's a new life in this house. I've heard there's something new in this house. How many ever came to this house and said, you know what, I've heard about something going on in there. And all all the rumors are true, by the way. I I heard there's something going on in there. I heard there's something, something's going on and there's something's being stirred inside of there. Something is going on. I gotta know what's going on in that house. I gotta know what's going on in there. And so the woman of God said, I perceive that this man is a man of God that passes by us continually. And I don't want to miss my miracle. Honey, I know I might look barren now. I know we've been trying to have a child. I know we've been trying to bring a a new life into this world. But if I stay closed, I might miss the potential for a miracle. And so, honey, right on the wall where the man of God passes by every day, let us make him there a little room. Right at the wall, right at the place of my defenses. Right at the place where I shut everybody else out. Right at the place where I come up with every excuse as to why I cannot come to that altar this afternoon. Every excuse that I come up with as to why I'll never do anything in my life. Right at that place, I'm going to make God a space. If you can give up those old excuses, if you can give up that old reasoning, if you can give up that old mindset that your mama told you you're never going to amount to anything, you need to throw that stuff aside and you need to say, wait a minute, right at that point where the enemy tells me I cannot have it, guess what? The exact opposite is about ready to happen. Because anytime the enemy is doing this, he's lying. And whatever the enemy of your soul is trying to tell you, you can just about admit the exact opposite is about ready to happen. The enemy tells you you're not going to get a healing in your body. Get ready. God's about ready to pour out healing upon you. The enemy tells you you're not going to 
have revival in your family. Get ready. God's about ready to open up the windows of heaven and pour out upon you a revival that you cannot contain. The enemy says you might as well quit, but God says don't quit. Don't stop. Nothing shall be impossible to them that believe. But I'm looking for somebody that will give me a space that will give me room. Right at the place where our defenses are. Husband, I want to make the prophet a little chamber. I want to make him a little room because I want to tell somebody in this house this this afternoon, when you make room for God, God is obligated to make room for you. I want to say that again. When you make room for God... God will make room for you. The old saying goes, all the enemy wants is a little inch and he'll take a mile. That's true. But all God wants is a little room. All God wants is a little room. Joseph, I want you to make a room out of that rock for me. I want you to make a hole out of that rock. And when I die, you're going to put my body in there. Why, God? Why do you want that little bit of space? Because in that little bit of space in that rock, I'm about ready to come up out of there on the third day. I'm about ready to show you the power of the gospel out of that room. I'm about ready to show you exactly what it means to be alive again. I'm about ready to conquer death right out of that place. I want to tell somebody in this house, out of the little place in your life that you make for God. Out of the little motion, you come up to this altar and say, God, I believe you. You want to fill me with the Holy Ghost. Out of that little movement that you make, God says, that's all I've been looking for. That's all I've been looking for. I've been looking for that tear. I've been looking for that prayer. I've been looking for that little lifting up of your hand. I've been looking for that clapping of your hand. I've been looking for that shedding of that tear. That's what I've been looking for. I've been looking for a space, because in that space, I'm going to rock your world. In that space, I'm going to show you the power of the gospel. In that space, I want somebody, though, that says, I'm open. Here's my space. Here I am, God. Here I am. Fill it. Husband, I perceive this is a man of God. Let's make him a little room. The Bible says she, the, the husband makes the room, and he goes in and lays there and rests there and continues on his journey. And he says to his servant, Gehazi, he says, you know what? He says, this woman has done great things for us. She's been kind to us. He said, we've got to do something for her. What shall we do? And Gehazi says, well, she doesn't have a child. I wonder. I wonder if the entire reason that the woman made the room was because her greatest desire in life was to have a child. And she said, God, here's my greatest desire. And God said, you want to see your greatest desire come to pass? Make me a room for my prophet. Because when you make room for me, I'll make room for you. Every miracle, every miracle begins, every miracle begins with an obedient action by mankind. Every miracle begins with an obedient act by man. Peter, get out of the boat. Every miracle begins with an obedient act by man. Peter, get out of the boat. Stretch out your hand. Go show yourself to the priest. Go wash yourself in the pool. Every miracle begins with an obedient act. Obedient to what? Obedient to the Word of God. And God said, you want your miracle, honey? You want your miracle, daughter? Make room for me, and I'll make room for you. I heard the voice of God. I've heard 
heard the voice of God. I'm going to make room for the prophet. And the prophet says, now, now that you've made room for me, sister, God's about ready to make room for you. What is it that you want? And the scripture said the woman did not even tell the prophet. Why? I have a feeling it was so dark. It was so rather deep inside of her, inside that darkest part of her heart that said, this is my deepest desire. When I lay my head on the pillow at night, I want a new life. When I go to bed at night, there's got to be more to life than this. When I go to bed at night, God, I want to see my family saved more than anything. When I go to bed at night, God, Lord, I want to see my husband saved. God, when I go to bed at night, God, God hears you in the midnight hour. God hears those choked prayers. God hears that desire in your heart. God hears that thing in your heart that says, God, above everything, this is what I've got to have in my life. And he says about this season next year, you're going to have a son. And the Bible says that desire was so deep inside of her. The Bible says the woman runs to the prophet, falls before him and says, don't lie to me. Talk about a hot button. Because God knows how to cut to the quick. God knows how to move past every defense that you have and cut to the quick. Don't lie to this woman. Whoa, what is this? This is my deepest desire. This is my thing that I've held deep inside of me for so long. Don't lie to me. And the very next verse, the woman conceived and bare a son and brought him into this world. I want to tell somebody, what is your desire? What is your desire? Is it a new life? Is it a revival in your family? What is your desire? My word for you is make room for God, and God is obligated to make room for you. Here's my space. Here's my desire, God. If that's your desire, make room for me that I can display my glory. Make room for me that I can, oh, but God, I'm facing a dilemma. I'm facing a trial. I'm facing something in my life that is another chaos. Let me remind you before God can speak creation into your life, he's got to have chaos. And the enemy will lie to you and tell you you're away from God and you cannot get your miracle. That is a lie from the enemy. Because when you're facing your darkest valley and you're facing your darkest despair, you're in the right place to receive that miracle. You're in the right place to receive that healing. You are in the right place to hear from God. You are right where you need to be. But the, but the trial does not come when the promise is given. The trial comes when the promise dies. The trial doesn't come on a Sunday afternoon when we're shouting. The trial comes on Monday morning. The trial comes when the promise dies. And the time came that the promise died and she held the promise in her hands. And the scripture said, held it in her lap and rocked that thing until it was dead at noonday. She had every reason in the middle of her hell to curse God and die and walk away. Say, God, why am I here? Why have you allowed this to happen? But there was something inside of her that said, hang on a minute. Several years ago, I talked to my husband. And I said, honey, make a little room for the man of God, because I perceive that 
something's coming down the road where I'm going to need this space. I'm seeing that something's coming down the road where I'm going to need an openness to God. Lord, take me back to the old landmark. God, I'm seeing something down the road that I'm going to need this time in my life. And the woman said she scooped up that dead promise, walked back up to the space that she had made for God, put that dead promise in the room, and said, God, here's the dead promise. I haven't filled the room with doubt. I haven't filled the room with fear. I haven't filled the room with excuses. I haven't filled the room with anything else. God, the room is still empty, but it's filled with faith. The room is still empty, but it's filled with desire. The room is still empty, but it's filled with the potential for a miracle. Here it is. Close the door. Now you work on it. I want to tell somebody, it's time for somebody to say, God, I made room for you. Here's my desire. I am Stand with me right now this morning, this afternoon. She closes the door, walks downstairs. Walks downstairs. Her husband says, honey, why are you going to the man of God today? He said in King James Version, he said, it's not a new moon, it's not the Sabbath. It's not a special occasion. Why are you going to the man of God today? Don't you know we got a dead child at home? Yeah. And I can stay here, and nothing is going to change in my life. Or I could go and say, honey, tell the hand right now. I love you, but tell the hand right now. Everything's going to be okay. How can you say that? Because I'm still open. I made a room a long time ago, and in the middle of this time, in the middle of this construction time in my life, in the middle of this chaos, in the middle of this hell, in the middle of this despair, in the middle, I cannot close that room. I cannot close down because I'll miss my potential for a miracle. I am still open during construction. Why are you going to stay open? Because the man of God is about ready to come back. He's about ready to bring my dead promise back to life. He's about ready to bring my desire, my dream, my passion, back to life. Lift up both your hands right now in this house. I'm talking to somebody right now. I want to talk to somebody in this house. Close your eyes with me right now. I'm talking to somebody in this house right now. Your deepest desire, your darkest, and that thing that you hold in the darkest part of your heart that says, God, this is what I want. This is what I want. You're facing chaos in your life right now. You're facing a virtual hell in your life right now. You're facing problems that, like I said, I cannot even fathom or comprehend. Somebody, you've got to say, God, I'm not going to close. I'm not going to forget you. I'm not going to walk away from you. I know it might look bad on the outside. I'm, uh, I know it might look like it's in despair on the outside. I know it might look like everything's going wrong on the outside. But, devil, I'm still open during construction. I'm still open for God's Word. I'm still open for a miracle. I'm still open for revival. I'm still open for that desire to come to pass. I am still open. I wonder, is there somebody in this house right now? I wonder, is there somebody in this house right now? now that would say 
say, God, I know I'm facing a dark valley. I know I'm facing a troubled time in my life. I know I'm not perfect, but God, I'm not going to close down. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to walk away. I am still open. I am still open. If you're open right now, would you step out? If you're open right now, would you step out and say, God, I'm still open. 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 I'm still open for your word. I'm still open for your spirit. I'm still open for revival in my life. I'm still open for a new life. I have not closed. I am still open during this time. That's it. Come on, let your voice out loud.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, we're going to continue praying. Those of you that need to leave, you're dismissed in the name of the Lord. Thank you for coming to be with us today. We're going to stay in the spirit of revival. Regular scheduled services. We have Spanish service. 5 o'clock, 4.30 for prayer. Midweek, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock. Bible study. God bless you. We'll see you.
Raul's visiting with us today. Show him what you got in your hand, Raul. Lift it up. He, he wanted to know where we got this oil from because he came down and they put oil on his face and prayed for him and his back doesn't hurt anymore. So he took his back brace off. God did a miracle for him. Praise God. 